Thanks for listening to the New Stanton Church podcast. Check out our website at newstantonchurch.com where you can find out how to join our live stream at 901 on Sunday mornings. Now let's prepare our hearts for the word that we're about to receive. Amen. Good to see everybody. I'm Pastor Steve. Man, I needed to worship this morning. Uh, My spirit has been craving that ever since Thursday when I couldn't make worship practice. I don't know about you, but I look forward to worshiping together in God's presence with you like every single week. feel better now. I'm ready to preach. Uh, There are some Bibles under your seats. If you're in the house, those are for you. If you don't have a Bible, please take one home. Uh, Church, thank you for giving so generously and enabling us to do that, uh, to give Bibles away. Uh, That has blessed so many people, and I appreciate that. Uh, You were handed a Connect card if you came in the door, and uh, if you would put your information on that, I would love to invite you to a meet and greet with myself and the rest of the staff. We're actually having one next week. Uh, Even those online, if you want to come on site for a meet and greet, uh, we'll provide lunch and you can meet the staff and uh, learn more about New Stanton Church. Uh, The offering baskets are in the back if you so choose and there'll be a link online. It has been a while since we studied a book of the Bible Together, And as I was mapping out uh, the preaching schedule for the year, I included a couple book studies in the schedule. And for the next four to six weeks, we are going to be looking at the book of 1 Peter together. So if you want to read that at home on your own, uh, you can can study ahead. Uh, This morning, we're going to be in chapter 1. I want to jump right in, and we're going to look at verses 3 through 12 first. Let me read that. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead and into an inheritance that can, is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all of this, you greatly rejoice, though for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the suffering of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you. 
that when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look into these things. I'm calling this series Hope for Today. Anybody need some hope for today? Uh, need some hope for the coming week? Facing any challenges? I think God is going to speak in a mighty way through his word because God always does. Uh, God never wastes his breath. Amen? Let me give you some context for the book of First Peter, or the letter, really. It's, it's rather short. Uh, there's only five chapters, probably two or three pages, depending on the size of your Bible. First Peter, the opening verse, verse 1 says this. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Peter is actually giving us some context about himself. People know that Peter is one of the guys who followed Jesus in person. He was one of the 12. That carries a lot of weight with his audience. Peter heard Jesus' voice. He remembers Jesus' mannerisms and Jesus' teachings. Peter saw Jesus before and after the resurrection. He is a first-hand witness to the resurrection. People that are the recipients of this letter undoubtedly have heard a lot about Peter. They probably know that he was the first to confess Jesus is Lord. Like, on this rock, I will build my church. And they probably know he was actually the first to deny Jesus, too. Not once, but three times. They likely know that Peter was restored by Jesus with the words, feed my sheep. In other words, Jesus' challenge to Peter was work with invest in the people who follow me. It's important for Peter to introduce himself. It gives him some credibility, and it opens his readers' hearts to the word he is about to share with them. Then Peter identifies his audience. He says this in the last half of verse 1. To God's elect, or God's chosen people, exiles, another Old Testament term, we'll get to that in a minute, scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. So this letter was meant to be circulated to a number of reason, regions, a number of groups of people who were following Jesus. And that gives us an indication of what we already know. Peter was a respected leader in the early church. After Jesus rose from the grave and returned to the Father, Peter spent the rest of his life sharing the gospel and strengthening churches. It wasn't a long life. The book of 1 Peter was written somewhere around 62 or 64 A.D. By 67 A.D., Peter would be dead. Church history says that he was killed for his faith in 67 A.D. in Rome. He was crucified. Interesting fact that you, you may know. Just before his tormentors crucified him, 
Peter asked that his cross be turned upside down instead of right side up. Why, you might ask? Because Peter felt he was unworthy to die in the same position that Jesus died. And at first hearing, you might think, you know what, that, that's a little much, isn't it? Like, was Peter like this drama person? The answer is no. Appreciate for a moment the level of honor and respect that that communicates from someone that actually watched Jesus die. Peter's aim in writing this letter is to give instructions for living to the Christians that are experiencing tremendous suffering. Suffering it can make you wonder where God's at, right? Uh, the people Peter is writing to are going through like really, really difficult times. They need hope for today. And he's trying to take their gaze off their sufferings and onto Jesus. He's proclaiming it's going to get better. But not only does Peter promise that it's going to get better, he tells them God is doing something amazing in the midst of their suffering. Peter calls his audience those who are scattered. And the persecution that they're living under literally has scattered them to different areas and regions. They are alone in foreign places. I think all of us can feel scattered at times, right? You may think you are the only Christian at school. You, you may hear no one else ever mention God at work. You may not see any of your other neighbors go to church on Sunday morning. At times, I think all of us feel a little alone, alone and a little scattered as Christians. And as awkward as that can be, that's one of the ways the gospel is spread. When we're gathered here, even when you tune in online, this is a special and holy time. It's a time to recharge, to refocus for a mission of showing people Jesus as those who are scattered from this place. This time is important. The book of Hebrews says that we should not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But, but we can't stay here isolated and comfortable. This, this can't, this shouldn't be our whole Christian walk, like going to church. We have a mission out there in the world to reach everyone with the truth of the gospel. Amen? Somebody say amen. Thank you. The mission requires us to scatter to work, to school, the grocery store, the gas station. We carry Jesus wherever we go, or maybe it's better to say that he carries us. We spread the news of his salvation as we scatter from this place every single week. Truth is, we wouldn't do the kingdom of God any good if all we did was hang out with one another. Not to mention... The longer church folks hang out with one another, 
the uglier things tend to get. <laughs> Have you ever been part of a church that was so inward focused and not outward focused at all? You see, when a church is only concerned about what goes on in here, instead of what the church accomplishes, when they scatter out there, they will fight about like pews versus chairs, the color of the carpet, the songs they sing, who gets first choice at the dessert table? Like, don't laugh. Like, I have seen it with my own eyes. It's terrible. Being scattered on a mission, showing people Jesus is where it's at, y'all. It keeps the church focused on the main thing, and it keeps us from getting ugly. I love my church. Thank you for being so good at being scattered at New Stanton Church and showing people Jesus. You've got the heart of Jesus. Now, some of y'all need to come back to church and get recharged. Like, you've been COVID gone way too long. You're being scattered is looking more like a desert wandering than being scattered, amen? Being safe, which I totally understand and support, is different than just liking church and your PJs. Those are two different things. Somebody needed to hear that in like Jesus' name. Careful, I'll get all Pentecostal on you. Nowhere in the Bible does it quote how much speed there was with the apostles laying on hands. That's a joke, not a threat. Don't send me emails. Just, just saying. Let's get back to the text before I digress too much further. Peter calls these scattered believers exiles. And that term carries so much weight with the Israelite people. They know, like firsthand, what it means to be carried off as slaves to other places. They know what it's like firsthand to be driven from their land and have to go someplace else. And an exile is a great way to describe who we are as Christians. Our home is in heaven. We, we temporarily live here for the purpose of being scattered on a mission. But this, this is not our home. We serve another king. And our citizenship is in another land and in another kingdom. And it's kept in heaven for us, Peter says. And this is cool. We can offer citizenship to that kingdom on the authority of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to whoever will receive Jesus as Lord. Now the downside is that while we're exiled here in this place, expanding God's kingdom, we will experience suffering. Jesus said, they hated me. They're gonna hate you. They killed him. Jesus told his followers, in this life, you will have trouble. But don't give up. Don't give up because Jesus said, I will be with you right to the very end. He is our hope for today. Because we were told that we would have trouble in this life and because this world is broken 
with sin. We shouldn't be surprised or even mad at God when suffering does come. God didn't design this world. God didn't plan. God didn't intend there to be brokenness, sin, and suffering, and pain in this world. The human race, like we brought that. God's trying to fix what we broke one day. The promise is one day there will be no more pain or suffering or death. Amen? Until then, he is our hope for today. Peter is writing to Christians who are experiencing massive waves of persecution under rulers like Nero. Paul has already been beheaded. In a few years, Peter himself will be dead. Christians during this time were being sent to the Colosseum, wrapped in animal skins and devoured by lions and bears. They were lit on fire, tarred, and used as torches. It was bad. Peter writes to these believers Basically says, you know what, y'all? It's going to get worse before it gets better. But when it gets better, it's going to be heaven. The church will rise victorious. Strike me down and I'll rise stronger and more powerful than you could ever imagine. Peter knows Jesus is hope for today. Glory is coming. God has a plan. And the gospel... And all of this is being spread. Nero can't kill it. Satan can't stop it. And the world can't stand in God's way. Hallelujah. The message. Amen. The message of 1 Peter is trials are temporary, but victory in Jesus will last forever. The good news is Jesus has already won. And hope isn't just for the future. Jesus is our hope right now. Here's some things that Jesus blesses us with in spite of the trials that we may face. Number one, if you're taking notes, he blesses us with a new life. Let me read verse three again. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living Hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Our hope for today is that Jesus rose from the dead. Because he lives, we have crossed from death to life. We have a living hope. Our hope is never dead because Jesus is alive in us. You can clap a little bit because that's good news. Jesus lives in you. Amen. He is your strength, your peace, and your closest friend. Because he lives, we are alive. Number two, Jesus blesses us with a deeper trust through trials. Verses six and seven again. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come 
So that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Suffering always leads to glory if we lean on Jesus as we're going through it. He is our reward. He is our hope. We don't seek out suffering to grow closer to Jesus. That would just be nuts. But when faced with trials, we can trust that God will eventually override what the enemy intends. Faith is like a muscle. You ever work out so much that you're just literally exhausted? You're just beat. I know it's hard for us to accept sometimes, but God will sometimes let our faith be so tried and so taxed that we just feel beat. But the goal is, like working out, is that that muscle comes back and heals and grows and is even stronger. That's the effect trials and tribulations have on our faith if we lean on Jesus. One day, all things will be made new. There won't be any hearing aids in heaven, no sickness in heaven, no death in heaven. Come on, praise God. No cats in heaven. Woo, I slipped that one in. Yes, I did. Um, If we lean on him, he will take us deeper. He is enough. So he blesses us with new life, and he takes us deeper. Last point. He blesses us with joy in knowing that we are receiving our salvation. Look at verses 8 and 9 again. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, who else could Paul have been, or Peter have been talking to but generations of future believers that don't see him? You believe in him are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving, yes we are, the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Even though we can't see him, we can see what God is doing. How has Jesus changed your life? Can you see how he has brought you hope and blessings and purpose and peace? Can you? Can you see it? Can you see the self-control, the salvation that you are living into in Christ? Our faith is not in vain. The hope for today will last for eternity. And Jesus will see us through every step of the way. That allows us to have joy now. We don't have to put on a, a happy face. That joy runs deep. And it's ours today as citizens of heaven. We are loved and redeemed by Christ. He really is our hope for today. Faith isn't just about life after death. Faith is about trusting and knowing Jesus today. Do you know what it takes to trust Jesus? A leap of faith. Faith is like a muscle, but faith is also a lot like pain doesn't do anyone any good in the can. You have to apply it 
You have to take that leap. You can know all about paint. You can know all about colors. You can have all the supplies. But until you put it on the wall, it doesn't do anybody any good. So let me challenge you this morning to take a step of faith. Step out and trust him in spite of the trials that you are facing because Jesus is right there beside you. There is no one like him. He will take you deeper and fill you with joy as you trust him. Let's pray. God, as we come to you this morning, we acknowledge that there is absolutely no one, no one like you. There never has been, there never will be, God. Thank you that you are our hope in this life, in the midst of all things. God, as we, as we are in your presence together as a church this morning, whether we're sitting in a chair or sitting at home, if there is some step of faith that God is calling you to take this morning, to, to apply your faith and take a leap, you can raise your hand. You can type, I need to take a step. You can pray, but I want to pray for you this morning. God, as we are in your presence gathered this day, God, you're speaking to some of us who have been undergoing trials and tribulations, and we just grief, God. We don't know how to keep putting one foot in front of the other. But God, this day, we pray for the courage, for the strength to keep putting one foot in front of the other to trust you. God, I pray that joy would fill our hearts knowing that you're not done with us yet. We, we can trust you. You're going to take us deeper God, we have this new life in Christ that starts now, but God, we're citizens someplace else. So God, as, as you continue to work, as we apply our faith to life and take that step, God, help us to show Jesus to every single person, to extend the invitation to join the family of God for all eternity. And God, if there is even just one person in this room or listening to me online that has never invited you into their heart and taken that step to establish a relationship with you, I just want you to pray in the quietness of your own heart right now, Jesus, come into my life. I need hope for today. I need to know personally your salvation, your forgiveness. I want that joy from, that comes from knowing I am yours and you are mine. So today, Jesus, thank you for giving your life for mine. And now I give you, God, my life. In Jesus' name. And all God's people say. Thanks for listening to the New Stanton Church Podcast. We'd love to connect with you. 
So visit our website at newstantonchurch.com, follow the Get Involved tab, and RSVP to our next meet and greet.